What's with these homies dissing my girl? Why do they got a front? What did we ever do to these guys that made them so violent? Woohoo, but you know I'm yours. Woohoo, and I know you're mine. Woohoo. And that's for all of time. Ooh, wee, ooh, I look just like Buddy Holly. Oh, oh, and you're Mary Tyler Moore. I don't care what they say about us anyway. I don't care about that. But um, bum, bum, we back. Another episode of Stars Born. Back in the saddle, baby. Saturday afternoon, ah, 3.21 p.m., May the 4th be with you and to you as well, and unto you, Star Wars Day. Don't know what to make of it. I'm not really a big Star Wars person, so it doesn't mean a whole lot to me, but for all you Star Wars fans out there, uh, this one's for you, and um. It's a beautiful day outside. Oh my god. Blue skies. It's like high 60s in Pullman today. Graduation is today. I walked when I was walking to the rec center, go to the gym. There were swarms of people out in front of uh, Beasley Coliseum, the basketball arena where they do graduation. And I tried walking around and going like around the baseball stadium, but I walked like up this hill. I saw like a town of prairie dogs. I I kept thinking I was gonna see coyote or something or a mountain lion or something. Bear maybe, grizzly bear maybe. Some sort of wildlife, but I only saw the prairie dogs and squirrels. And yeah, I I just kept going, like walked super far up this big hill, just in the hills of the Palouse, just wheat and grass. And um, I thought it would loop around to the rec center, but it did not. So I just turned around and walked right back to the baseball stadium and just walked through the huge swarm of people that it's scared me away in the first place. So I guess the lesson of that story is don't be scared of people. (laughs) Don't be scared of a big group of people. Just plow on through them, you know. I don't know. I don't even know, man. Let's do the Mariners update. We do that every episode. They're playing right now, actually. It's three. Ooh, four to three. We're on the road in Cleveland. Taking on the Tribe. Yeah, middle of the eighth right now. Four three. The good guys. The. <laughs> I was trying to think of the Star Wars. What do they call them? It's not the dark side. It's the Rebel Force. Is that is the Rebel Force the good one? That's how little I know about Star Wars. Um, so we'll come back check on that Mariners game. Which one has the Stormtroopers? Stormtroopers is bad guys. That's the dark side. The Rebel Alliance. I think Rebel Alliances. All right. Anyway, <laughs> enough Star Wars. Wondering about Star Wars. Why is Star Wars so popular? I don't. How did that become such a cult hit? I wonder. Is it maybe it has a little something to do with the moon landing? It was not not that long before the first Star Wars, probably like 
what, eight years before it. First Star Wars was like 77. I think the moon landing was like 69. So that would make sense. Kind of a space craze going on in, uh, in the world. It makes sense. Um, I don't know. I think it's like the f- before CGI. Like It's kind of that craze. Imagine if the first Star Wars had that st- CGI. What? <laughs> it would have been a whole new... That would be an interesting list. Movies that would be the most different if they had CGI. I think Star Wars would definitely be one of them. I think Back to Future would be a better move. Not better, but just more more modern, you know? They could probably add CGI to those old movies, though. That probably happened. The Godfather. Scarface CGI. Just the, the big mount, mountain of cocaine. Just gets like even bigger. <laughs> just the CGI mountain of cocaine. Um, Alright, let's do the NBA update. So we do that every episode of Stars Born, of course. Let's see. Yesterday, Friday night, Milwaukee took care of Boston. What was that? Was this game? This was on the road. Wow, in Boston. Nice. And then uh, the Blazers beat the Nuggets in four overtimes, which reminds me of the six overtime Syracuse Yukon game. From like, it was like 20, I think it was like 2009 or something. It was a long time ago, but I watched it. It was on ESPN. That was an epic game. But four overtimes in the NBA playoff game? That might be a, that might tie a record or something. But I like both those games because I picked both those teams. Well, recently when I kind of repicked all the series. I said uh, Trailblazers would win, and I said the Bucks would win. So there we go. Two for two there, and um, they're on their way. They're both up 2-1 in those series. And this is good. This is good pod for people listening in the future, <laughs> as always. But it's okay. Not the whole, at least the whole podcast isn't like current news. Those, those are no fun to listen to years in the future. But anyway, tonight, Saturday night, Saturday 5.30 p.m., so a couple hours from now. Warriors play at Houston. Uh, the Rockets, ABC. So there we go. That's going to be a fun game. Those guys haven't played since Tuesday. Tuesday. So that's that's crazy. They had, what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days of rest off. And, um, yeah, there's your NBA update. So check, check. Oh, man, I'm stretching. My roommate just left today to go home for summer. Christopher. Christopher. Uh, the one with Cora. The dog, Cora. Um, yeah, it's kind of pretty sad. It's just crazy. Cause it feels like I just like I just met. I just met Christopher. But I guess that was middle of January. So it really wasn't that long ago. Like three and a half months. But... Yeah, it's just crazy how quick, start, finish, sunrise, sunset, things things fly by. Um, yeah, I already miss I already missed Cora, the dog. I love having I loved having the dog around. Just kind of reminded me of Athena and um yeah, like a good little like replacement, uh what do they call it? 
what do they call a surrogate? She was like a surrogate dog. Um, but yeah, so they left. Oh yeah, and also, I asked Christopher yesterday if he wanted to be a guest on on the podcast, and he's like, he's like maybe maybe in the future, like maybe in the future, but he didn't really want to do it. Um, now, but I was like, that's okay. Not everyone. It's not for everyone, you know. Um, he said. Yeah, he just didn't want to... He said he's, just like, self-conscious about his voice. And then he'd, he'd have to listen to it to, like, verify it. And But then I told him, I was like, I don't I don't listen to it to verify it. <laughs> and I'm self-conscious. I mean, you just, you just get over it, though. You just stop caring about what you sound like and just start talking. You know, it doesn't... No one can control what they sound like. So you can't really get mad at people for what they sound like. It's, I think it's it's foolish and cruel to be to make fun of people for things that they can't control so but that's okay whatever that's I mean not everyone likes being recorded or you know talking while the mics are hot it's okay it's not for everyone but I hope maybe in the future we'll do that maybe Christopher will be a guest but also also today (laughs) I played uh I was just playing Super Smash Bros with my other roommate, Noah, and I, while, while we were playing, I usually play as Donkey Kong, and then I did King K, what's that, what's that big alligator, the big alligator, it's like King K rule or something, and then I played as Kirby for last couple, but I asked Noah if he'd like to be a guest on the podcast, because, I mean, he's not doing anything. I mean, he is on Monday going to summer classes. His summer classes start. But, I mean, specifically this afternoon, when we're, we're both just hanging out in the apartment. Just He plays... He's the roommate I've talked about that plays video games all the time, though. Noah's big-time gamer. So, but, yeah, we played Super Smash Bros. And I asked him if he wanted to be on the podcast. And he's, like, pretty point-blank about it. Just, not really, <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's that's okay, I mean, all I could do is ask, you know, I was just wondering if you might want to be on, and I figured I'd, figured I'd give it a shot, but that's all right, not everybody, I don't think Noah even listens to any podcasts, so I could, that would make sense, I guess, if you don't listen to them, then you probably, it probably doesn't really make sense, like, what, what even is that, what, What's a what is a podcast? A recorded audio file, kind of like the radio, radio on demand, kind of like TV on your iPhone, without the video part. <laughs> Except for some podcasts that do do the uh, visual aspect, like my my buddy Sean Roper likes those ones. But um, to each their own. Okay, let's see. What up? Oh, I also want to talk about last night. I went out, speaking of Noah and Christopher, went out with them to the Palouse Brewery and got a, got a few beers there. It's right, it's like only a couple football fields away from the apartment, right over by the trail. The, the trail that you can take all the way to Moscow, all the way to Moscow, Idaho, eight miles away. But, um... Yeah, we walked on over there and got a few beers. That was fun. That was last night, like, 
7 to 8.30. And the funny thing that happened there was, um, well, first off, I ate like five bowls of popcorn. So I ate way too much popcorn. But it was so, it was like movie theater popcorn. Like buttery and savory and succulent, but delicious. And I hadn't had popcorn for quite a while. The only time I would really eat it at home would be um, when my dad eats it. He would always get me like a little a little bowl and just be like, want some popcorn? And I'd be like, yeah. Then he pours me some of his popcorn. But that was that's always a then we watch like a some sports game, like the Mariners game or something, or in basketball or football. But that's a good a good popcorn memory. Um, but anyway, at the brewery, I saw guess who I saw there? Oh my gosh! Speaking of roommates, I saw my old roommates from last year, Ryan and Drew and their family. But to say I saw them is that's kind of a misrepresentation of what happened because let me set the scene so it's like 7 15 or whatever so it's not super light out but i'm wearing sunglasses and i kind of i'm walking into the into the brewery and they're sitting outdoors because there's the outdoor patio area and yeah they're sitting at the table there with their family but they're all like busy talking to each other and I'm just walking inside, and I just kind of caught them out of like the corner of my eye, just as I go inside. And like I'm wearing sunglasses, and I think I have my hood on, so I'm pretty like incognito, or is it is it cognito or Richie incognito? Um, but yeah, I didn't notice them. They didn't even notice me. They didn't say hi to me. I didn't say hi to them because I was already. Sounds like I'm making excuses now, but I was already in, like, walking in by the time I I caught them out of the corner of my periphery, peripheral vision, and, um, yeah, that was the first time I'd seen them in, like, a year, but I didn't even, the weird thing is, I just, we never ended up talking to each other, that's where the story just kind of gets sad from last night, we just... I I just walked back outside because we were sitting outside as well, just kind of on the opposite side of the patio. And, um, yeah, me, Christopher, and Noah. So, yeah, I just, I think I had gone in to get my beer, and I just walked back out. And, I don't know, because they have a big family, and they're just, (laughs) it's just, it was kind of intimidating to me. I guess that's, like, the word I was I would use for it um especially drew's dad like he's not he's not like intimidating but he's just a loud he's a very loud person so i don't know what that has to do with it but i figured that i guess i figured that they wouldn't even notice me as i walked out because they'd be so distracted by listening to drew's dad talk (laughs) tell some story but yeah that's what happened i just walked right out and I don't know. It's not it's not like I'm trying to avoid them or anything, but I just thought to myself like they didn't really I mean, it's always good to see people like when you don't expect to see them, but I was like they're they're busy doing their thing, and then Nolan Christopher and I are doing our thing. So, I mean, we were having we were kind of celebrating Christopher uh going away today, going back home for the summer cuz he's doing a an internship over in the Tri-Cities. 
over in uh, southeast Washington. Only it's only a couple hours from here, but yeah, I never ended up saying hi. Um, but the, the the part that makes me especially bad is that uh, Ryan texted me like at like eight thirty something, maybe eight forty. He was like, "Hey, hey, are you in Pullman?" But I was <laughs> now I'm definitely making excuses, but I don't I'm not, I don't have to justify justify myself. <laughs> but that'd be funny if Ryan is listening to this. So then he gets the full ex- explanation. Now he knows what happened. Um, but yeah, I I felt any of falling asleep. <laughs> Sounds like I'm making this up, but I seriously fell asleep like before nine o'clock last night. I fell asleep really early because. I had one IPA and then two ciders, but they were all pretty heavy. And then I also had two Pyramid IPAs that I had uh, back here at the apartment already in the fridge in the fridge here um, before we even left. So, so yeah, I was pretty I was pretty uh, slopped up, as they would say, pretty buzzed. Um, and I get tired. Sometimes I get tired. If I'm drinking, especially if I'm like home and I make it home to the apartment, it's just like, I'm just going to pass out. If it's nine o'clock and I'm on my bed, that's what's going to happen. So that is what happened last night. So apologies to, to Ryan for not texting him back, but, um, that's what happened. Sometimes you see people that, you know, from the past and, um, old roommates and their family, their families, uh, they were cousins. I've talked about them before, but Ryan and Drew were cousins, or they are cousins. But um, I don't know. Timing's the time is not always right for for everything. <laughs> I guess it's like you don't always have to say hi. I mean, it, it is good to say hi to people, but I was like, they, I, it's it's not a good way to like look at things, or it's probably a poor attitude. So like go through life, but because I don't like it when people look at things this way either. But it's like I mean, if they really want, they, they could have said hi to me too. <laughs> but I mean, I I I did see them though. But I definitely would have said hi if um, we like made eye contact. That's for sure. I'm not I'm not that crazy. I'm not that awkward. <laughs> where, where I just look at someone in the eye that I know and then just don't say hi. But, I mean, we never, we never like, made eye contact or looked at each other or anything. So, I mean, I guess, whatever. I don't, I don't think it's a good way to look at, though. Like, they could have said hi if they wanted to talk to me. I think that's kind of like, uh, I don't know, stuck up, I guess is the word. Just not a good way to look at things, but... Like, you should always be the first... I I mean, I guess I'm kind of, like, contradicting what I did last night, but you should always be the first person to reach out or extend a... I mean, I was... Intimidated would be the word. Even though you shouldn't be intimidated by, like, your old roommates and their family who used to party with, but... I mean, I'm not... I'm not trying to, like, crash their party or anything. They were... They were obviously celebrating. They were obviously here for graduation probably probably Ryan's sister but um yeah so that's what happened there I want I wanted to talk about that oh let's do a what's this called what's this book called 
Dress Your Family in Corduroy and Denim, the David Sedaris book that I am reading. Let's see, I need to check what page am I on. I'm on chapter Moni Changes Everything, but it's spelled M-O-N-I-E. So I wonder if that's different than money. Maybe it's the same, but page 54. But I have not read any of that book for a long time. I haven't read any of it. Didn't bring it home to me, um, with me, for the Easter Bunny. Back to the West Side. Um, I love to hear. And I haven't been, uh, I have not read any of it since I got back. So (laughs) there's your update. There's your Sidaris update. Um, check that off the old yellow legal pad with the, uh, pink Sharpie accent highlighter here. Um, oh, let's do something crazy, something unexpected. Let's actually get into the Rock's IMDb credits. Oh my god. (laughs) Let's do what the, the point of the show, the whole, the crux of the show is. Let's get into it. I'm gonna read the first one. Then after that, we will look at the DVD collection that I talked about last episode. My DVDs that I brought from home since my parents are moving to Spokane. But here we go. The first credit for The Rock in his IMDb, Dwayne Johnson. It's USWA Championship Wrestling. He plays Flex Kavana for two episodes in 1996. Flex Kavana. Sounds like a porn star. <laughs> sounds sounds like a bodybuilding porn star. A Mexican bodybuilding porn star. Speaking of Mexican, Mexican spoon bread. What a transition there. What a segue. Mexican spoon bread is a recipe from Cooking the Fast Way, the Maywood uh, recipe book. And, um, yeah, I do this pretty much every episode, so here we go. This does not have a name next to it, so credit goes to Cooking the Fast Way. Your ingredients are one can of creamed corn, three-fourths cup of milk, two eggs, one-half teaspoon of baking soda, one teaspoon of salt, one cup of cornmeal, a touch of sugar, a quarter cup of shortening melted, one can of chopped chilies, and one cup of grated cheddar cheese. And your directions, preheat the oven to 400 degrees, combine all ingredients except chilies and cheese, pour half batter in greased 9 by 9 inch pan, layer with chili peppers and cheese, repeat, and bake for 20 to 25 minutes. Bada bing, bada boom, there you go. Easy peasy. Chicken wheezy. Um, yeah, let's do this. Chicken wheezy. That'd be the name of Lil Wayne's uh, fried chicken restaurant. Chicken wheezy. I like it. Uh, let's, let's get into this DVD collection. I'm excited to do this. This is, this is going to be fun. Remember when I said that one of the DVDs is related to Rolling Stone? Did you ever figure out which one that might be? Well, here's a hint. It's um, the winner of two Golden Globes. And um, 
Over 150 critics agree it's one of the top 10 films of the year. What year is it? I think the year was 2000. It stars uh, Kate Hudson. Right? That's Kate Hudson, right? Yeah, Kate Hudson. Francis McDormand, Billy Crudup, the late Phil, Phil Seymour Hoffman, and newcomer Patrick Fugit. I've not heard much about Patrick Fugit since 2000, but I don't know. That name sounds a little familiar. Um, Featuring classic rock soundtrack with music from The Who and Elton John. Ooh, there's that new Elton John movie coming out called Rocket Man. Uh, starring the the kid from Kingsman. That one looks good. That kid's a good actor. Taron Edgerton, I believe. That looks like it's going to be a good movie. I want to see that one. But right now we're talking about the movie that Robert or Roger Ebert said is the year's single most entertaining film. And David Anson of Newsweek said it's delightful coming of age comedy and Jeffrey Lyons of WNBC said enormously engaging so what movie is this <laughs> yeah yeah it's almost famous directed by Cameron Crowe director of Jerry Maguire from the Tom Cruise episode um yeah almost famous this is a great movie I love this movie this is like maybe one of the inspirations for me wanting to be a like a writer because it's about it's the opportunity of a lifetime when teenage reporter William Miller lands an assignment from Rolling Stone magazine and despite objections from his productive mother uh, Frances McDormand William hits the road with an up-and-coming rock band and finds there's a lot more to write home about than music um, yeah, this is a great movie. I'll give all these, oh, I'll give each one of these my personal Rotten Tomatoes score. So, almost famous, I will say 77%. 77. Okay, so this next one, uh, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> it's all connected. Everything connected. One big spiderweb. Uh, says this movie is smart sexy and seriously funny and let's see what else roger ebert also on the back of this movie gives it um of the chicago sun times gives it four stars out of four that's kind of weird i'm sure people talk about this all the time but this is like hack uh movie criticism but why is the movie rating system only four stars i'm gonna i'm sure there's something Maybe the, the internet will be able to tell us more, but it should be out of five, you would think. Because no, that's the only thing, except for, like, why are movies, movies rated out of four stars? Because, like, let's see. Mm, I feel like there's not going to be any... Yeah, there's not really going to be any explanation. Historical usage? Historical usage? Hmm. 
the Michelin restaurant guide. That's what I was just talking about. Restaurants, they use the Michelin. How does that one work? Stars. It's three stars. So that one's at a three. I like I like it being out of four more than it being out of three. That's for sure. But why would it be out of four stars? That's just... That's silly. That's kind of silly. I think they're just trying to differentiate themselves from the pack. Make them make movies cool. Movies are like for the cool kids. We use four stars. <laughs> should be out of five. And restaurants too. Restaurants should be out of five. That makes sense. Just like podcasts. Podcasts have five out of five stars. Rate and review. A stars born. Give it five stars. Also... Tell a friend about it. Tell a friend about the podcast. Share it with share it with your friends and family. But anyway, movies should be out of five stars, I think. But alas, let's keep talking about this movie that I'm holding. This how what color blue is this? It's like Robin Egg blue colored DVD case. Uh, it's a quirky romantic comedy about love and fate. Oh, a young greeting card writer. Is hopelessly help um hopelessly and helplessly searching for the girl of his dreams and his new co-worker, Summer Finn, maybe just the one. But the five hundred days of their offbeat relationship reveal in no particular order that the road to happiness can be unpredictable, uncontrollable, and unbelievably unbelievably funny. <laughs> yeah, it's um if you didn't guess it from that description, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joe Gord-Lev, and Zoe Deschanel, sister of the star of Bones, Emily Deschanel, the show that's always on at the gym. At the gym, <laughs> when you're writing the on the elliptical, Bones is always on TV. That's for sure. I'm not a fan of the ellipticals, honestly. I always or the treadmill, really. I always opt for the uh, the bike. I just like like the stationary bike. Usually the sit down one that has the the back support on it. That's usually the one I go for. But anyway, it's uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer. That's the movie Five Hundred Days of Summer. Dave, what's this guy's name? David Weigand from the San Francisco Chronicle says it's an irresistible feel good movie. Uh, PG-13 with uh, sexual material and language. <laughs> I don't know why. Let's see what Almost Famous is. Let's see if this is R. Oh, it is R. Language, drug content, and brief nudity. Nudity. I think that's when they're swimming. There's a scene in Almost Famous when like they jump off the roof into like a, some swimming pool. Some like random fan's swimming pool. So I think that's that might be the part with the nudity. But let's see, what Ron Tomato score do I give? 500 Days of Summer? I think I've seen Almost Famous more, more recently. It's been a while. It's probably been... What year is this movie? I, I think it's probably been... If I'm guessing... Oh, wow. Is this really 2009? There's no way. No way this movie's from 2009. But... I don't think I've seen it since 2009. But anyway, there you go. 
what am I? What score do I give it? <laughs> I like how I make up the rules and then I have trouble following my own rules. <laughs> I'm the one who made it up. It shouldn't be that complicated for me. I'm gonna give it. It's been so long since I've seen this movie. I'll say seventy-one percent. Let's say seventy-one. All right. So this next movie is Jean Chalit from Today. Uh, says it's one of America's most cherished books arrives in a winning movie oh that's kind of weird how the back of this DVD is sideways instead of <laughs> why would the back of the DVD be sideways it's kind of weird anyway um, let's see Shia LaBeouf isn't it from Even Stevens back in the day uh, dogged by Bad luck stemming from an ancient family curse. Young Stanley Yelnats. Oh, that's a great made-up name. Stanley Yelnats. <laughs> is sent to Camp Green Lake. A very weird place. It's not green and doesn't even have a lake. Uh, that's funny. An action-adventure family film with heart as well as humor. It says Claudia Puig. Yasiel Puig's mom. Of USA Today. Speaking of Yasuo Puig, that's weird that he's not on the Dodgers anymore. I think he's on the Reds now. Things will things will be changing, especially when you don't pay attention to baseball that much. Then you just like look at checking on like some random box score or something, and like today I saw that like Jonathan Scope, the guy second baseman for the Orioles back in the day. Now he's on the Twins, because the uh, the Twins-Yankees game at Yankee Stadium was on MLB Network at the gym today. Um, I was also watching Parks and Rec. I think it's, it was one of the first episodes with, what's his name, Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe's character. But <clears throat> some of the nicknames in this movie for the colorful campmates at Camp Green Lake. Some of their names are Squid, Armpit, Zigzag, Magnet, X-Ray, and Zero. Two Z names. Um, and it's about digging holes. Does that give you a, enough of a hint there? It's a little movie called Holes. This is a great movie. This is one of my favorites. Like, growing up, I think this was... 2002 or 2003 this was one of my favorite movies right when it came out I love this one Raid PG for violence mild language and some thematic elements thematic 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 2003 release uh, very good and there's a really intense scene in that movie where the character named Zero, he like throws a pair of shoes over a telephone line. Like, you know how people like tie shoes and throw them over, tie them together and then throw them over the line? Like he was running from someone and he like threw some shoes over. It was really intense though. Um, what score should I give it? What score? What score? I really like this movie. I haven't seen it for a long time. I'm going to say 88. 88. Just because I know I love it. 
This next movie, I love this one too. This is a great one. It's Jonathan Foreman of the New York Post says, hilarious, great fun. Um, Let's see. Ed Pekerny is just a regular guy who feels like he has nothing to lose by agreeing to be a star of a new reality-based TV show. This movie is ahead of his time. It came out in... I think it was 97 when this came out. Yeah, and it's about like like keeping up with the Kardashians. It's basically based on this movie pretty much. It's kind of the same kind of the same film style. But I mean definitely different characters though. This this guy is not really a Kardashian type. Um everything is fabulous until Ed falls head over heels for Sherry, Sherry who's played by Jenna Elfman, uh, the girlfriend of his brother Ray, Woody Harrelson. And it's hilarious how Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey are both in this movie. Because I always thought that those dudes kind of looked alike. And they just kind of, they had the same vibe, you know? They had they had the same energy, the same kind of like hippie, you know, granola, just super chill, like surfer, beach bum, playing playing bongos in the circle kind of energy. Like, I think Woody Harrelson lives in Hawaii, I believe. Not that that this doesn't really mean anything, but that means he's a pretty down-to-earth and chill dude, I bet. I mean, you know it. Woody Harrelson? Come on. He's a chill dude. Same with Matthew McConaughey, though. They both have that reputation. I wonder how they built... Like, how do you culminate that reputation like you have to you have to party so much to to get like to get people talking about you like that like I'm saying Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson these guys must be not necessarily like party but just smoke a bunch of weed I guess because <laughs> that's what that's what these dudes are known for both those dudes they, they built that reputation and um, kind of just like hippies, just chill dudes. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. <laughs> it's, it's they did a lot of put in a lot of good work. That's for sure. A lot of ten thousand hours. They both got their ten thousand hours in <laughs> of of just hanging out and kicking it. But anyway, they're both in this movie. This great movie. Ah. Oh. I remember watching this one on Thanksgiving, probably not that long ago. If I had to guess, I would say, which I am going to guess. I don't have to, but I'm going to guess. <laughs> I would say probably Thanksgiving 2015, maybe 2014 is when I watched Ed TV. But I remember going for a walk, and then I think when I came home, I watched Ed TV in the TV room. I was just like laying on the ground, like with my back against the couch. Just, I don't know how I remember that so specifically, but because it's not that like fantastic of a memory, you know, it's not that crazy. It's pretty, pretty run of the mill. <laughs> it's nothing, nothing too exciting happened, but wait, I, I just said the answer, didn't I? It was Ed TV. That's what this movie is. Ed TV. 
directed by Ron Howard. Um, also starring Elizabeth Hurley from Austin Powers and Sally Kirkland, which is fun for me because uh, I was born in Kirkland, Washington. So that's special for me. That's a little nice little treat. Um, it's PG-13. Original soundtrack features new music by Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. It's Bon Jovi. I like I like New Jersey. There's this always been something about New Jersey. New Jersey and Ohio are like the two states, like the two random states that I've always had a ton of like personal lore. Wait, I need to get a sip of sip of nice ice cold water from my Mercury's coffee cup here. My my old Mer- Mercury's coffee cup. But yeah, New Jersey and Ohio for totally different reasons too. Cuz I don't know why like I get Ohio. Ohio makes sense cuz I like the idea of like football being played on farms and just people shooting basketball, shooting hoops just in the middle of like a just a farm, you know? <laughs> just lots of farm talk, but I don't know. I guess I like the thing I like about Ohio is it's like where sports meets agriculture. <laughs> it's cuz th- those are like the two things it's known for, I would say. Ohio is it's a huge sports state. Like all the all the three main sports, football, basketball, baseball, all like hugely popular in Ohio. I I do believe. I think it, for sure in I don't know. Just big open areas just small towns, college, like little liberal colleges, like Lima, and that'd be a fun game. How many liberal Ohio small private schools can you name? I could probably name not that many, especially when I put myself on the spot. Uh, Lima is one of them. What's the one Barack Obama went to? See, I want to say Dublin, but... I think that's another thing I like about Ohio is is the little liberal college aspect of it because that reminds me of that uh, Ted Mosby movie and <laughs> like how I just call him Ted Mosby instead of Josh Radner the dude from How I Met Your Mother um, he's in a movie with Elizabeth Ol- Olsen the Olsen twins older sister he's in a movie with her called Liberal Arts and it's about a small college in Ohio and um he's a professor there she's a student I believe it's it's a good movie I liked it but I don't know there's just been always just I like the idea of like a tiny town I guess I kind of I kind of am in a small town with a college but it's kind of it's different because Washington State's a big college it's a huge public school like over twenty thousand, like maybe twenty five thousand students here, here in Pullman. But I like the idea of a, like those brick campuses. I love the beautiful campuses that they have in those small liberal arts institutions in uh, the middle of Ohio. Um, isn't what what is? I want to say. Where did Brock? Now I'm just thinking of where Barack Obama went. Because I want to say Kenyon, 
but because I know that that's where did he go education because did, did, did he not did he not go to a school in Ohio am I mistaken um kind of like I'm just talking about Ohio but then if I'm distracted by something then I, I gotta look it up Barack Obama school Ohio I thought he Wait, I guess there's a school called Brock. Okay, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a school called Brock Obama. I'm looking for colleges. College education. Did he not go to a college in Ohio? Now we got to look it up. But I like like I like just the idea of like quads. You know quads? Remember those? Um Let's see. His mo- Brock and his mother moved to the University of Washington in Seattle, where they lived for a year back in August 1961. I had no idea. He lived in Seattle for a year. That's so cool. He went to Occidental in L.A. I thought that. I thought that Barack Obama went to school in um, Ohio for some reason. Did. I'm going to say, did, he went to Harvard, of course. Did Obama go to college? I don't know, we're going to have to search this. But there is a school called Kenyon, Kenyon University. Um, Gambler, Ohio. Maybe I'm just getting the whole, <laughs> I could just be getting the whole uh, birth certificate Thing conflated with, you know, because same people say that Barack Obama was born in Kenya or something. Maybe I'm just getting my whole, all my news stories, all my TMZ stories mixed up. That could be a possibility. But I wasn't, I wasn't even trying to make a joke there. I seriously thought he did. Oh no, the Mariners lost. <laughs> the Mariners lost five to four. That's a heartbreaker. Oh, remember we were, we just checked and it was going to the bottom of the eighth inning. It was four three Mariners. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a rough loss. I wonder how they lost. Uh, oh, at least it wasn't a walk off. That would that would somehow make it worse if it was a walk off. Uh, the Indians scored both their runs in the bottom of the eighth. But no, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be funny about Barack Obama going to Kenyan University. <laughs> no, I was I seriously did think that I thought he went to school in Ohio as well. I mean, I knew he went to Harvard, of course, but I figured he he probably went to a lot of different many different colleges. Um because he's Barack Obama. He's the former president. But anyway, this is Ed TV. Let's talk Ed TV. This isn't the Barack Obama podcast, but speaking of like specific podcasts, it's kind of funny. I was listening to Kill Tony the the other day, and some some uh, lady said that she has a podcast about about the Mueller report. Just like a whole podcast dedicated to one, like one news thing in the news like a current event in the news 
like Tony thought that was funny too. Like you're doing a whole podcast about something that's just going to be not people aren't going to be talking about it pretty soon. Like it's just a very current event. It's not it's not a podcast that's built to last necessarily. Um I thought it was just I also found that comedic. But um all right, this isn't a political podcast anyway, but you know that. <laughs> Ed TV, Ed TV. I love this movie. So this isn't here, let me make it clear. I'm not guessing what I think the Rotten Tomato score is. Get some water there. I'm guessing I'm not even guessing. I'm giving my personal Rotten Tomato score. I'm assessing a Rotten Tomato score to it. So just think yeah, like I'm not I'm not trying to guess, like I don't think Rotten even though I think holes is probably pretty highly re- reviewed. I don't think it's 88%. Let's see what it is. I bet if I have to guess right now, I'm going to guess what I think the movie holds is rated. I'm going to say 78%. I'm going to drop 10%. Ooh, 77. There we go. That's 1% off. That's that's almost a win right there. Um I like it. But no, I'm giving my personal Rotten Tomato score. So here we go. For Ed TV, it's going to be high. I love this movie. I'm going to say 93. The year I was born. It's a personal one because I love it so much. Um, oh, speaking of loving movies, this next one has some grass on it for some reason. There's literally was a few blades of grass on that movie <laughs> on top of the DVD. But... um brushed them off, threw them on the carpet, <laughs> I guess off the vacuum before I move out, but speaking of favorite movies, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, this one is one of my favorites, it's a movie about a crazy high school kid, very popular high school kid, his girlfriend and his best buddy, his best buddy, they're off on a spontaneous romp throughout Chicago and um yeah this doesn't this doesn't really have any quotes on it that's kind of weird no 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 film critic quotes on this DVD here but it's the Bueller 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 edition Ferris Bueller's Day Off starring Matthew Broderick Mia Sarah and Alan Ruck. This is like, I've talked about this movie so much on this podcast, but this is maybe my favorite movie of all time, depending on the day. I don't know. A couple of these movies we're about to talk about are a few of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is such a classic movie. One of the things I like about this movie (laughs) is kind of like a little thing. But I like how many... Is he? He's like... We were just talking about Elton John. He's the Elton John of of movie stars. Because... He... Is, is Elton John known... Isn't he known for like changing his outfit a bunch throughout, throughout a concert? Because Ferris Bueller seriously wore like 10 different outfits in this movie. <laughs> in one single day. He kept changing his clothes. And I like that. It was like a little, it was like a fun little twist. It made, 
it made the day seem it seemed like an endless day or something like how we kept and I like how uh, Cameron wore that Detroit Red Wings hockey jersey it's a nice little touch oh there's a picture of them at the museum when they go to they all like line up in formation and stare at art that's always that's fun when they go to the restaurant <laughs> and there's that really snooty uh host guy like I think he has like a little pencil mustache and um they prank him they prank everybody pretty much especially the principal what's the principal's name I ah, I can't remember his name but yeah the principal it's like Ed I think his name's Ed something but he gets so mad it's it's so I that guy the actor the, the actor who played that guy got in trouble he got he got like arrested for wait let's see I don't want to I don't want to say anything out of turn here um Ferris Bueller's day off plus I don't want to like blast I don't want to talk negatively about anyone but I'm just stating the facts you know just gotta say how it is just what happened say the truth <laughs> here we go um Jeffrey Jones Ed Rooney that's of course of course, Ed Rooney. I thought he got yeah legal troubles. Ooh, <laughs> this is not good. In two thousand two, I don't know why I laugh. It's not not appropriate to laugh. Um, Jones was arrested for possession of child pornography, and accused by a seventeen year old boy of soliciting him to pose for nude photographs. Oh, that's too bad. Um, then he was arrested twice for failing to update his sex offender status. So, that's like a, they got him on the logistics there. <laughs> got him on paperwork. But, dang. Dang, Ed Rooney. <laughs> See, I, I knew that, though. I remember hearing about that. And kind of makes you, makes you think about it a little bit when you watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, definitely in, like, the scenes that he's in. He's in, especially the scenes he's in, like, I think he's in the scene at the end, like, on a, like, on a school bus or something, but I don't know. I think that's the, you know, like, the post credit scene. I remember Ferris Bueller, uh, this movie has a really funny post credit scene, kind of like the Marvel movies, but, um, I don't know, there's... There's movies that you watch where the actors aren't always the best people, you know, or they get, yeah, they get in trouble for stuff and they get arrested. That's like a great question, though. Does it change? It doesn't change the whole movie. Like, he's not Ed Rooney or Jeffrey Jones isn't like the whole movie. Like, it would... It'd be a little different if it was Matthew Broderick. Then it would... <laughs> if Ferris Bueller was the one who got arrested for child pornography. Uh, Matthew Broderick. If that happened, then <laughs> then that, that might... Uh, then that would change my view on, on this movie. That's for sure. But I don't know. It's But then like people always talk about like Woody Allen movies. Like I'm not a big fan of them personally. But like can you separate the art from the person like that's the big question like can like bad people make good art 
content people want to consume, and I think you can. I think, I think it's okay to watch. I don't know, it's such a tough, like philosophical question, but I mean, I think there's tons of examples of like bad people, or like you know, bad characters, who like produce a lot of like great works of art. Like that might be the reason why they make such great art. It's because they're so tortured. So yeah, I don't know. They're going through so much trouble. But um, yeah, that's like a tough. I think I think it's okay. I think it's okay. My in my personal opinion. Like I don't I don't have any quarrel, any like problem with uh, like watching a Woody Allen movie or something, or, or watching a movie. Starring Jeffrey Jones, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But, yeah, it's not... Because it's not that person... I don't know. Like, you can make a piece of art, and that's not you, necessarily. That's different than you. It's like a separate entity that that you made, but it's not... It's like kind of a representation of you, but it's not necessarily connected to your character, or, like, your personality, or, like, to who you are. Like to your identity, I suppose. But that's a really deep conversation, I think. I think that's an interesting conversation. Because I'm sure there's... Like, the one Woody Allen movie I've seen is uh, Midnight in Paris. I saw that one in the theaters. It had, like, Owen Wilson and a bunch of good people. So, yeah, like, pe- they don't have any problem, like, starring in his movies. So, like, Owen Wilson doesn't have a problem starring in... Woody Allen's movie, so why should why should anyone have have a problem with like going to one of his movies? Because <laughs> we all agree that uh, Owen Wilson's a great dude. But um, wow, wow, I don't know. I think it's a personal it's a personal opinion. Like everyone's entitled to their own their own op- opinion when it comes to that. I don't know if that was a good... Was that a good conversation about that? Was that a good one-on-one debate? One-on-none. One on just one on myself. Um, <laughs> let's see. Ferris Bueller. PG-13. It is uh, 102 minutes. 1986. I think John Hughes has gotten... He hasn't gotten like in trouble at all. But people have just... Um, how do I say this? I guess it could be like a sign of the times or just a representation of like the 80s. I mean, I think it's just kind of a representation of like the time period, but I think people have criticized John Hughes for, oh yeah, like, especially like 16 Candles. Like, I think there's, yeah, there's a scene in that movie that's basically like a rape. So that's not good. But everyone, no one really talks about that. You always, I always hear people saying how how much they love the movie Sixteen Candles, and they never really mention like the rape scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess there could be movies like there. I mean, I was thinking, I guess there are movies with with like rape scenes, but they're portrayed differently. They're portrayed like in like a horrific like a horrific fashion. Like I think people are just mad about the way that. John Hughes portrayed the scene in Sixteen Candles. But it's been so long since... It's been quite a while since I've seen Sixteen Candles. So I don't even really remember... I don't remember the scene. But I just remember 
it being a thing that people talk about. Um, let's see. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. I should give Ferris Bueller... What Rotten Tomatoes score should I give it? Let's go... I gotta go just as high as Ed TV. Gotta go 95. Even higher. We'll go 95. Um, moving on to another one of my favorite movies. Wow, let's just leave it here. We're going to end the episode. Let's just cut this one short. This has been... <laughs> this is, We'll leave it on there, on the, cliff, the cliffhanger. That the next one is going to be one of my other favorite movies. I'm going to move these DVDs over here by my Vans space shoes. Speaking of space in the galaxy... I have these uh, these vans with outer space on, on them. Speaking of outer space, thank you for being a member of uh, the outer space of star of starfishes, <laughs> or the galaxy of starfishes, or the beach of starfishes, or the ocean of starfishes, or whatever you want to call yourself. Uh, as a listener, and a supporter, and fan of the stars born. Um, but yeah, I moved them over there to separate them from this stack over here that we haven't gone through yet. Kind of like my own personal in-out, like, you know, like with mail, how you do the, what do they do? What's, how do you sort the mail? Incoming, and then outgoing, and then already looked at, in trash. I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not thinking about email, I'm thinking about actual mail. I should know from my experience working in the mailroom over at the Social Economic Sciences Research Center on the other side of Pullman, just a couple miles from from a Stars Born HQ, up here on the second floor of the Coffee House Apartments, in my room, looking out the window at this beautiful day. It's a nice day, probably the warmest yet, maybe the warmest day of the year yet of 2019 but um i like it we got through one one of the rocks credits so <laughs> that's a start that's a big step we got through almost half nearly half of the dvds in my collection here and um there's so much so much more to talk about we talked about the mariners losing the warriors game is going to start a little over an hour um Oh, I think the Warriors... Actually, my prediction is Houston wins tonight. Because I can't remember... I'd have to listen back to see what I said. How many games I said that that one would go. But I probably said... Warriors in six. Or five games. I'm guessing I said Warriors in six. But either way... I'm saying Houston's going to take game three tonight. So we will check back next time... And uh, see if I'm correct there. But yeah, thank you so much for listening and sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, anyone, an usher at the next movie you go to. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of funny. If next time you're at the movie theater, just be like, when the person's tearing your ticket, be like, have you heard about the podcast, A Star is Born? And they'll be like, what, you mean that movie with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper? And then you can be like, no, the podcast, Chris Arneson, he hosts a podcast called The Stars Born, where he talks about 
movies and actors and their IMDb pages and <laughs> all their films, all the films they've been in, and stories, storytelling, and, and the like. But that's just a little, a little suggestion there for you, I guess. <laughs> that's something, a sketch, something that could happen. Um, let's wrap this up. All right. Get my books on Amazon Kindle, too. What's in the Fridge and Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town. All right. Let's wrap this. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home, home, home. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. Alrighty. Thank you so much for supporting A Star's Born. The podcast about movies and storytelling and uh, so much more. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Chris Arneson. It's been a great, it's been a good Saturday. Good Saturday, nice relaxing day. Um, yeah, I don't know, I might have to go for, I, I feel like I said this last podcast, at the end of the last podcast, but it seems like a nice night for a walk. It's a nice warm night. Maybe throwing. Throwing some other podcasts, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're out for a walk right now. <laughs> like I always say this, like every episode, I'm always like, "What are you doing? What are you? What are you doing? You in the sauna? <laughs> maybe, maybe you're swimming. Oh, you could be going for a swim right now. You have those futuristic underwater, underwater headphones. That'd be pretty tight, right? You got one of those, like things, iPhone things, or strap it to your your bicep just go go right on swimming doing the butterfly stroke just taking no crap you take (laughs) take just the butterfly strokes intimidating if you ever see someone just going to town like doing a real big like if they got a big wingspan or something like can you imagine the greek freak i'm looking at the bobblehead right now can you imagine the greek freak doing the, the butterfly stroke just he would start like a tidal wave, just collapsing the water, just with his giant arms, just slicing through the, slicing through the pool, just like, like a knife through butter. <laughs> I don't know, like a knife through butterfly, like a knife through a butterfly stroke. Um, that is a fun. If I had to say which one, which swimming stroke is my favorite to watch. I don't know why, but I would say, I'd say butterfly. I like it. I just like how they just fly through the air. It just, it seems like, almost like you're just making it up like as you go. Like you almost just don't really know what you're doing, but like an advanced doggy paddle. Just like if your dog just starts spazzing out or something, just got superpowers, just start throwing its arms up. <laughs> Because it seems kind of 
like unplanned and messy the way I don't know I I must have a lot of experience watching swimming because my brother was a college swimmer and my sister swam as well growing up so I spent countless hours at swim meets just figuring out ways to entertain myself at a swim meet you know buying candy at the concessions I remember walking to Winco probably walked like couple miles to Winco one time down a federal way I think that's the biggest it's like the biggest swim what do you call it like a swim not an, I was gonna say an aquarium but you know, it's like an event center or wherever you hold a swim meet I can't think of the name for it but it's like the biggest one in the state for sure but maybe even the whole northwest but anyway that's down there in a it's the aquatic center. That's what they call it, the aquatic center. But yeah, I walked to Winco, <laughs> got some candy. I would like, I think I would just bring a baseball glove and just a baseball and just, just walk around, just throwing fly balls to myself. Like that's probably some of the stuff I did. Just looking for a brick wall to throw, to throw it against to get some grounders. But I do remember one time, one time sitting in the car. I may have told this before, but I sat in the car and listened to the radio and um, for like hours just using the car's battery. And then I think, I, think, I think the car was dead when we, when we tried to start it. I think we needed a jump from someone because I think the radio actually turned off after I listened to it for like a couple hours and the car had just been in that, you know, the battery using mode but yeah that's the kind of stuff you do and lots of mad libs it's like before I was a writer really but maybe mad libs is one of the things that inspired me to be a writer <laughs> could be I used to do them a lot actually used to do oh I still do word searches all the time all the time I love word searches like my mom saved up like all of them from uh, when I was doing the Easter Bunny, she saved up all of the the newspaper ones, because each day there's in the Seattle Times there's a different word there's a word search in the uh, what's it called the Northwest section, so the section with the funnies. <laughs> I like it when people call the comics the the funnies, and uh, the weather the weather's on the back, but yeah the word search is in there. I always do the word search. My mom saved up all of those. So I did like, I did 20 in a row on one of those, like right before my birthday. <laughs> Just 20 word searches in a row from the newspaper. But <laughs> I'm like bragging about it. It's, not, it's kind of a weird thing to brag about because like anybody can do a word search. But it starts to get, it's like a challenge against yourself because it's like you're racing yourself. You're competing against yourself. Because you're trying to see how fast you can complete it. Because it starts to become a thing more about time. Once once you start to become like a master. <laughs> like a blue belt. Is that is that like a pretty high up belt? I mean. But once you're a black belt on word searches. it's Once you're a black belt on Fruit Ninja. <laughs> I love. Oh man I love Fruit Ninja. I think that was my favorite game to play on my phone. Back when. Back when playing games on your phone was the thing. Or not even like on my phone. Like maybe on my on my uh, iPod. Remember iPods? <laughs> but 
Fruit Ninja was like that's my that's my jam. Like I'm I bow down to the Fruit Ninja Sensei. Um I wanna go to Dave and Busters specifically to play Giant Fruit Ninja. I'm gonna make a trip there just for that. And also to see how many flat screens they have. <laughs> I wanna see I wanna see if they have more than uh Buffalo Wild Wings. And if they have better wings than Buffalo Wild Wings. Because Buffalo Wild Wings is pretty hard to beat. Pretty solid. But I don't know. Alright. I'm just I'm just chatting over here. I'm just <laughs> I'm just chatting away. <laughs> this is probably the most I've ever talked after seeing closing time. So um if you thought the podcast was over then, you were wrong. Cause I'll just wrap it up right now. I'm as I stretch. Ah, oh, all right. I have a great night, guys. Uh, I hope you're having a great day. If it's morning, if you're going to bed right now, uh, sleep tight. If you're on on your way to work, uh, have a great day. Be productive and bring that positive energy. Energy, positivity. You got it. Yes. Just bring it with you, like a little just cloud, like kind of circling around you, just a positive energy. I'm, I was wondering, I was thinking the other day, like, I wonder if there's any, like, is, is there any, um, what's the word I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, like, drawback of having too much positivity? Like, could you have too much positive energy that it blinds you and it, it makes you fail to recognize, like, weak spots in your life or things that you could improve ways you you could become a more well-rounded person that's something to think about i don't know because some people get like kind of annoyed by like the super positive people like i've i've drifted into that territory myself not the people get annoyed but into the super positive person territory (laughs) like i think i'm not really there as much as i used to be but I think it's more important with being positive with yourself and like how how you talk to yourself necessarily um, versus being positive. Like, I mean, like, I don't think you don't want to be negative around other people, but you don't want to like push your positivity on other people that that they make it like annoyed by it or put off or just think that you're being like fake or something or, you know, like some people just kind of want to be like left alone and let's do like their own thing you know do it their way burger king do do it their own way but um yeah so like i think it's not really good to push positive energy on people who are kind of refusing it or not really looking for it but it's good to be positive around people though but just not like overwhelmingly not not to the point where it annoys or you know, it it gets in the way of people's thoughts or I don't know. But in the end, I think it's always better to be positive versus being negative. That's for sure. That's that's a given because that's the thing that annoys me is like if it annoys some people when people are super positive around them, it annoys me when people are super negative around me because it's just like a, a hurdle, basically like a hurdle to leap over. Like, I basically just have to step over you to get past. You're like an obstacle. You become an obstacle to get something to get past in order for me to reach my goal. If you're just going to bring all that negative energy around me and just, like, try 
because sometimes I think it's like almost subconscious. Like people might not even realize they're doing it, but it just feels to me like people are kind of just trying to bring me down, like just bring me down to like to their level almost. But I don't know. That might just be. I think I'm thinking, thinking into it too much, because, like I say, uh, everyone's a star of their own movie, so they're not thinking about how it affects me. They might just be, they might just not have the energy, or like the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the grit, or like the, like the the wherewithal, not the wherewithal really, but the ability to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Excuse me, I wonder if you heard that burp, but um, like the internal strength, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, because I think if like positive, like positive energy is like one of those things that, if you just start acting like it, if you just act as if, then it just starts to rub off on you. Like you start to feel the effects of it, even if you're just you're faking it. Even if it's one of those things, like you can just fake positivity and then you still get the benefits of it. That's one of the great things about it. So, I don't know, like if you can just, but like I was saying, also, it's more important to just be super positive, like with yourself, instead of like trying to like push on other people who are like might be negative. Because, yeah, I think, I think um, we don't realize like how important or how much, how much, um, I'm having trouble searching for words right now. <laughs> so these birds are so loud, maybe. I think we, we don't realize how much, like, control we have in our own lives. Like, the ability we have, like, to change our own lives. So, like, if you just can find the strength to be super positive with yourself and to be, like, an optimistic person and like a person who looks for opportunities and like looks for reasons for things to go right instead of like reasons to not do things like a person who looks for reasons to do things um yeah i think i think all those all those positive like i i guess it does get annoying sometimes when people because like kind of preachy like kind of like spiritual like preachy and stuff when people start talking about positivity too much but I think it's more of like a personal thing that you hold with yourself it's like a it's like a personal positivity relationship I like I like that I'll have to call it that but <laughs> there we go all right I think that's a good it's a good note to wrap it up on so um wait no I want to make it a little longer <laughs> I like how I get this I get this far and then I'm like I don't want to end it yet but positive like you, I just, I think there's so much, there's so much you lose if you're, if you're being negative with yourself. Like that's, that's such a worse, like you're, you're almost setting yourself up to lose. If you're, if you're telling yourself, like, I, I just, I feel bad for people who, who like tell themselves that they're like, they're like, I'm no good. Or like, I can't do this because like, because I always, like I'm a loser or something like just, it's just, I feel bad for those people, <laughs> like, because, because it's rough, like, the world's gonna be a rough place, like, that's a given, like, you already know that for sure going, going in, but, so if the world's gonna be that rough, then it just seems like it's gonna be all the more, all the more rougher if you can't even be nice to yourself, or 
you can't treat yourself with respect or prop yourself up and but not like not like in a fake way like you shouldn't prop yourself up and like tell yourself you're great if if you didn't do anything to earn it or to achieve your goals or success in some way but I think it's just basically putting another barrier in front of you from from your goals and from your ultimate success if you're spouting negative energy um, and negative even negative thoughts like because I think that once you start to think positively your thought patterns start to reflect that like I've kind of noticed that myself like I don't really have to avoid um, like negative thoughts as much really like as I used to because I don't know I've kind of just train myself to to look at things like in an optimistic way and be like a positive person put like a good spin on things but I don't know I'm not I'm not saying like I'm like a expert or anything or like I know more than you or know more than anyone really but I don't I think I know just as much as the next person you know just <laughs> just regular average Joe six pack um but yeah, back to just the number one thing I would say is just don't don't like put yourself down because that's like that's the worst. Like when I hear people say like in conversation, especially like never like put yourself down in conversation. But I think maybe some people don't even realize when they're doing it because it might just be like a habit or something. But it it kind of it just sets you up to to not do well. Because it makes it so like it justifies it justifies justifies your failures in a way because um, like yeah i I predicted that I was gonna fail, you know it's like I'm a loser why why would I not fail <laughs> like if you're saying that kind of thing um you're making it so if you do come up short, then it's no surprise, but not that failing like failing is obviously like. Here's a quote from Burt Kreischer. Failure is important because it helps you highlight your successes. I think that's that's interesting. And I think it's important for everyone just to learn how to fail. Like learning like how to fail and how to examine your failure. Like break it down. Break down the game film, you know. You know, get out your Sharpie. Get out your red Sharpie. <laughs> uh, get out your visor. I'm thinking like NFL films right now. Find a good, nice little beanbag to sit on. Break down the film, but like fail, like failing is good. Of course, everyone, people say that, and it's true because you learn more from failing than you do from success. Like success might be easier or make you feel better, but in the end, you do, you gain more like valuable experience, and you definitely you remember more, because yeah, it's kind of weird how like your memory works like that like you kind of remember like the times you lost just as much as the times you won it's it's kind of a weird it's a weird way that your memory works but I don't know it's kind of like the embarrassment aspect of it like feeling humiliated that you lost and just like the anger part of it for me like when I was growing up oh my god just whenever I played sports I would I would always have problems, uh, anger problems, temper problems playing sports. That's for sure. 
Um, I still, I lost my temper last, on my birthday last week. We, we've talked about it. But, I mean, I think that was a little different. That was a, that was an alcohol, a drinking issue too. <laughs> drinking too much on my birthday and not eating. But, talked about that last episode, of course. But, um, no, but still, I, I would always lose my temper um, in playing sports. And I wonder why. I think it's just, yeah, it's like a combination of being humiliated, like thinking people are laughing at me because I'm not good enough, or I came up short, did, didn't do something. I, I didn't do something proper. Like, I, I didn't follow mechanics, you know, you know like Tim Duncan, like the big, the big mechanic. Or whatever he's the the big fundamental. That's what Shaq Shaq came up with that nickname for for Tim Duncan. Big fundamental. But um, I don't know. Yeah, you learn more from failing. It's because it's it reveals your man. It kind of reveals your true character, honestly. Failing does, because it like it shows like how are you gonna bounce back from this? How are you gonna pick yourself up off the ground and and like win, you know, <laughs> how are you going to succeed after failing, I think that's, because success feels so much better when you do it after, after failing like five times or something, or like many times, then you finally get that victory, it makes it all the more sweeter, you know, <laughs> but that's just, that's one of the good things about failing, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it is a good thing, and it's definitely just a part of life, you know, it's kind of kind of in there with rejection, kind of the same idea. Um yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up. I've been I'm just blabbing now. Blabbing about subjects. Ran like like that random Will Smith what was that Will Smith movie with like love? Like he wrote a letter to love and, and hate and like courage and all the different emotions. We talked about it. It stars like Ed Norton and Kate Winslet. I can't remember the name of that Will Smith movie, but we talked about that one way back in, oh, I think it's called Collateral Beauty. I actually do believe that's the name of it. Collateral Beauty. We talked about that one way back in uh, episode six, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith. But um, yeah, that's what, I'm gonna start writing a letter. I'm gonna write a letter to fear, write a letter to anger, a letter to my little league baseball coach apologizing for losing my temper and throwing bats in my helmet in the dugout and smashing bag smashing people's baseball bags and slamming my cleats on the ground and doing all the bad things you know you know all the things that you're not supposed to do when you're just a kid just like some kid who's supposed to be having fun playing little league I wonder, I wonder, like, what the other parents, like, thought about, I wonder, like, what they thought about that when they saw me just freaking out and losing my temper. I mean, I'm sure they weren't really paying that much attention, but they're probably like, that kid, that kid's pretty intense. (laughs) Or, like, I've talked about um, my NYBA career of recreational basketball, but the one game when I got... This was an early episode of A Star is Born. One of the first episodes. I talked about when I, I got ejected. And I got... I got like four technical fouls. I think... <laughs> I think I broke the record for most technical fouls in a game. 
but I just, I wonder what the parents were thinking when they saw some kid, like, like just taking the sport, taking a recreational sport <laughs> that's supposed to be for fun, just taking it that seriously, and I don't know. They must have, <laughs> like, I wonder if any parent was like, I need to start, I need to start taking my hobbies more seriously. <laughs> I need to start taking this, this fishing thing to the next level. Start competing, yelling at people, <laughs> losing my, <laughs> losing my temper and throwing my fishing rod into a lake stuff. Throwing my Coors Light off the beer or off, off the pier, my beer off the pier. This is a beer pier. Now that, that is a nice little invention right there, actually. A beer pier. I wonder if that exists, like in, like in Atlantic City or like Florida or something. That seems like they something, uh, something they'd have in Florida. Like, next to the lazy river in the lagoon, they'd have the beer pier. And then right next to that, there'd be the beer pyramid. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> ah, just a nice deep breath, just a nice end of podcast, deep breath. Man, this is like one of the, I love it when I just keep saying I'm going to end it, but then I just, it just keeps going. This is one of those times. Those are always the most fun ones. But going back to that NYBA, getting four technical fouls, getting ejected, honestly, I'm on, like I'm happy that that experience happened that that I did that because that's like something that I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life <laughs> and like I don't know if I would have remembered anything from my from my time playing playing NYBA from all the years I did it that's like the one thing that clearly stands out like I I can picture everything about it right now like I can see. Like where I was, like where I took my jersey off and I laid it down a half court before I stormed off, like dropping f bombs just left and right. <laughs> it's it was cloudy with a chance of f bombs, <laughs> um, yeah, it was um, it was bad. I wonder if there's. I'm sure there were some little kids in there that had to listen to that. I'm, I hope their parents threw some earmuff. They did the earmuffs thing to them. But yeah, I just lost my lost my temper, you know. That's that's what happened. And yeah, as I walked off, and then I I hid behind. Well, first I went directly. Actually, I think I went directly behind the vending machine, and <laughs> I just hid behind the vending machine. Like so, you walked out the doors of the gym, and you just go left, and just like five feet away, there's a couple of vending machines that were sitting right there. This was at. North Shore Junior High, which is right next to Stephen Ungrek's house growing up. Oh my god, which brings us which brings us to you thought I was gonna forget about it and you were gonna get away without listening to the AMC triple feature, baby. It's the AMC triple feature doing it. Uh I'm gonna go to the bathroom, then I'll come back and AMC triple feature it up. I'll be right back. But if I can pause it. Ah, smells like Cora out there. Smells distinctly like my roommate's dog. Cause maybe because my roommate's door is just wide open. Uh, Christopher. 
the one that left earlier today. But um, it's making me miss. I miss that doggy. <laughs> I already miss her. She's only been gone for a few hours. But <laughs> it's so it's it's funny. <laughs> it's funny and sad. I like dogs though. I definitely definitely want to get a dog in the future. But it's, it's a big commitment. Cat cats. Excuse me. Cats are a little less of a commitment. I would say a little more easygoing less work you don't have to take care of them as much i do i like walking dogs though I like taking the dog for a walk listen throwing a podcast on going out you know going out into nature <laughs> i don't i don't like those leashes that extend though you know like those extendable leashes those seem very dangerous to me because i don't get how they work really like does the owner does the dog walker have to click a button to to stop them like what if their reflexes aren't fast enough and then the dog just chases a squirrel out in the traffic or something like that's i'm not even i mean that's something that could easily happen like those things seem dangerous to me but i've i've never even tried to use one so yeah missing i miss athena my mom sent a i'm holding a little laminate of her paw print because we made we we made some little copies of little squares of paper with her paw print that we made when, when she died, when she passed away back in August. But so I'm holding that right now. It's a little laminated piece of paper. But that my mom sent when she sent me my driver's license. And um yeah, I just got my new driver's license updated there. Very good. Very good. And uh let's talk about AMC triple feature, baby. Okay, AMC triple feature. So, it's June 2009. School had just gone out for summer. School's out for summer. Do-do. And, um, was that song? I think it's from Days and Confused. I'm pretty sure. And definitely in an episode of The Simpsons, too. Alice Cooper. Right, I used to get Alice Cooper mixed up with Alice in Chains. I think Alice in Chains is from Seattle too. But just I like how I like how I just go point to point there. Um, oh, it's all connected. Everything's connected. It all comes back to Seattle. A star is born. It's all about the Pacific Northwest, man. Uh, all right, so AMC Triple Feature, June two thousand nine, with my best buddy growing up, Stephen Ungrecht. We go over to AMC Woodenville Movie Theater, where I would go on to work less than seven years later. And, um, yeah, we go to the movie Year One, the Caveman movie. The official movie of cavemen and cave people. Cave women, cave women, cave men, cave dogs, cave cats, cave families. But, uh... Who is in this? This Michael Sarah, Jack Black. We talked about it in the Paul Rudd episode, episode four. It was pretty terrible. It was a comedy. Kind of missed the mark a little bit, in my humble film critic opinion. But definitely wasn't as bad as the third movie that we're going to talk about. But I was talking... Wait, so last time we did the AMC Triple Feature... Last episode, we were saying, we were talking about, damn, that car was driving way too fast. They were going like 35, 
they might be going 40 miles an hour on this back road here, <laughs> just next to my apartment. But anyway, um, you shouldn't be going more than 20 miles an hour on this road. See how easily distracted I can be, huh? <laughs> so, last episode, we were talking about Cave People University. No, we were saying Cave People Tech. So, Cave People Tech. And they'd be called the Square Wheels. And I was just thinking, right, during the break, when I was going to the bathroom, I was thinking, what sport would the Cave People Tech Square Wheels be best at? What would their best sport be? And the one that popped into mind, for some reason, field hockey. I don't know why, but field hockey. Also rugby. I feel like cave people would be, they'd be good at like roughing it up. But I don't know, what do you think? Hit me up on uh, Twitter or, or Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Twitter, uh, ChrisAuthor8. Instagram, ChrisArneson8. And let me know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make a Twitter poll. This would be a good Twitter poll. What sport would the Cave People Tech Square Wheels be best at? Field hockey? Just rugby? Maybe just regular hockey? Baseball? Because baseball's kind of cave cave people esque, you know, like the bats. Like the bat is very cave like that'd be very familiar for a cave person. So maybe maybe baseball, that might be the best one. Cause yeah, they probably use like clubs. They use those kind of clubs. I've seen I've seen the Flintstones, you know. <laughs> but maybe even lacrosse, that be that might be a little complicated. That takes more hand-eye coordination that cave people may not have developed from not playing copious amounts of ping pong. <laughs> in college and stuff. I love ping pong. Ping the old ping pong table back at home. Then ah oh, never we never even played a game. The whole time I was home for the Easter bunny, I never got one game of ping pong in. I cleared off the table with my dad on my birthday and we were planning on playing a game that night. <laughs> we were gonna play on my birthday night, but things went awry. Thing, plans changed, so <laughs> things don't always go according to plans. I think that's the lesson we, that we all learned uh, last week, but that's okay. We moved on. Uh, people grow. People change. People make mistakes. We were just talking about failure right before the break, but yes, let's, so let's, speaking of moving on, let's move on. <laughs> oh, but also in that letter that my mom sent me, with my driver's license and my Athena's paw print, laminated paw print. I think she said, she texted me and said, like, look out for the stamp. Like, it's like a really cool stamp or something, or it's like something you, you know about. <laughs> she said something like that. And right now I'm looking at the stamp on this letter that she used, and I really, like, I don't even know what it is. Like, it's just... It looks like just a green, it's just like a green pine cone or something. That's what it looks like. It looks like an aerial view of a green pine cone. <laughs> and it says, um, Global USA Forever 2017. So I don't even know what that, I don't know what the significance of the green pine cone is. 
it's also a green letter, a green envelope that she used. So seems like very St. Patrick's Day when I saw it. It's like a couple months late for St. Patrick's Day, but I do like the green pine cone. I think that's something. That's something I'm gonna write down on this. This new. Um, oh, speaking of pine cone, pineapple. This is a pineapple. Um, pineapple post-it. <laughs> pineapple post-it. <laughs> that sounds like such an, a nerdy. I don't know what a pineapple post-it would be, but some some sort of Rastafarian treat. <laughs> pineapple post-it. <laughs> That's like a it's like a Rastafarian office. Like an like a cubicle in Jamaica. <laughs> like like they'd have pineapple posts. I don't know why. That's it's such a lame joke. Such a lame lame joke right there. That's funny. That was a dad joke. I just found myself slipping into dad joke territory right there. But that's okay. Those are always those are the most fun jokes, right? So AMC triple feature. Year one. I wanna think of one other sport that they'd be good at. Spear fishing. That's not really like a competitive sport, but I don't know, are cave people known for being good swimmers? I haven't really heard about them even swimming or like they might not even know how to swim, so let's not say the swimming sports. Definitely not like snowboarding or skiing. They would have no idea like what that was. <laughs> that would you imagine you imagine a, a cave person uh seeing like a a snowboarder coming at coming at them. They're just standing at the bottom of a mountain and they're just there's just a flock of skiers and snowboarders just coming towards them. They would freak out. That'd be so I don't know why I'm laughing, but I just think that'd be hilarious. Just watching. <laughs> that'd be a funny, like, funny or die sketch, um, sketch right there. Or what's the other one? Funny or die or college humor. That's That one seems more funny or die. Just like a caveman or cave person. For some, I feel like I always have to say cave person to be inclusive. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be inclusive of everyone here. Over here at A Star is Born, we're trying to... <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, but <laughs> I just like saying cave people, it's just funny to say, but that would be so funny, just a cave person just standing, just, they're in their, what, what are those things called, loincloths, just wearing loincloths, in the freezing cold weather, just out there in the snow, just <laughs> barefoot in the snow, they just run away, they'd, they would run so fast, or, oh my god, if they even saw if they if they even saw a chairlift, they'd freak out. <laughs> this is more of like an imagery thing. This is like me just picturing it. Like it's probably not very funny f to hear me talk about it, but if you guys could see what I'm picturing, I think it'd be a funny movie. Oh my god! Like I'm thinking of like a year two. This, oh, the sequel to year one, year two. Oh my god! So that it would just be a bunch of cave people would be like attending the winter olympics that's what it would be i like that it's kind of like a uh, hot tub time machine meets year one <laughs> meets uh, the hangover speaking of the hangover <laughs> that was a good transition right there i just i just set myself up tea i just put the ball on the tee and then just knocked it for a home run right there which is pretty hard to do 
because it's, it's difficult to generate any power. If you've, if you've ever hit a baseball off a tee, it's like, it's tough. That's like a true measure of, of power in hitting. But um, anyway, I set myself up right there for The Hangover. Classic. A classic movie. One of the funniest films in the history of cinematography. I, I was like, with it, that's not even a debatable statement right there. I think everyone who's seen this movie would agree that it's hilarious. Like, this one's, this movie's universally loved. Like, I don't think I've ever even heard anyone say that they've seen The Hangover and that they didn't think it was hilarious and they didn't love it. <laughs> like, that's pretty, right? I, that's, I was to say pretty random, but pretty rare. Like, I would compare it to Anchorman. Like, with that, it's on that, um, on that tier of comedies. It's like on the, the Anchorman, Step Brothers, those three, Will, the three Will Ferrell movies, Anchorman, Step Brothers, and Talia Nights, and then The Hangover is right up there with them as the funniest movies, the funniest movies ever. I love The Hangover, but um, yeah, Brody Stevens is in it. We talked about, we talked about this episode three originally. He is a police officer. That's that's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. It's when they go to the the police precinct and they all get tasered. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it. I love that scene. That's that's an awesome movie. I don't I don't have anything else to say. I mean the sequels are pretty disappointing though. I guess that's what I could say. I there hasn't been a hangover four yet, has there? I think there's only been the three. As of May the fourth be with you 2019 I believe there's only been three hangovers but I kind of hope that they don't even make a fourth one just because the second one's horrible I think they go to Thailand and then the third one they're back in Vegas and I don't think I've even seen the third one just as because I was so I had PTSD from the second one I was so emotionally scarred from so dealing with my movie trauma but um that's what usually happens with sequels they're usually pretty terrible I mean but The Hangover is like an exception like that's an exceptionally terrible sequel compared to a super funny first movie like the sequel to Anchorman is pretty bad but it's not it's way better way funnier than The Hangover 2 though I would say because I think the big knock on... Oh, another terrible sequel is uh, Zoolander 2. <laughs> the second Zoolander. I actually, I believe that's the only movie I've ever walked out of in theaters. I th- or maybe I didn't. Maybe I just wanted to walk out of it. I definitely saw it in theaters. I'm trying to remember right now if I walked out of it early. Because that just doesn't seem like me, though. Like, I would I would be the type, type of person to just... Like, stick it out, because I bought the ticket, because I want to get my money's worth. I want to see how bad it really is. I think I probably did just stay to the end. But I thought about walking out, so that's why. That's why I had that memory associated with that. But, um, yeah, Zoolander 2 is just (laughs) god-awful. I think The Hangover 2 is better than Zoolander 2, so at least, at least it's got that. But, um, 
Yeah, Anchorman 2 is okay. It's, it's all right. But wait, now I'm trying to think. What was I just going to say? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Is that I think one of the reasons why people really did not like The Hangover 2, Part 2. I think they called it Part 2. It's a full title. If Doug Benson was listening, <laughs> you'd be like, full title. Douglas movies, they always do that. Full title of the movie. But, um, yeah, The Hangover Part 2. One of the reasons why people didn't like it, gave it a bunch of slack. Is that a negative term? I think I think it is. Giving something... No, but giving it slack means you're giving it, like, room to improve. So, I think giving something slack means you're actually taking it easy on them. <laughs> so, um, giving it a bunch of negative reviews is because it's, it's pretty much... It's kind of like a replica... It's like a replication, a replicate, not replication, excuse me, a replicate of the first movie. It's kind of like scene for scene. Didn't I think I haven't seen it for such a long time, but I believe it's pretty similarly paced and like all the, all the scenes kind of have the same beats and I think it's just too similar to the first movie, but they're just in, they're just in Thailand or whatever. And there's that little monkey. I wonder if that's the same little monkey as the one in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I wonder if it's the same one. I wonder how many tiny monkey... What kind of monkey is that? It's like a... Cam, I want to say like Campuchin or something? That might be something. No, that's that's an experiment I heard about. I think they were talking about that. Adam Carolla. The Campuchin monkey experiment. Oh, now I gotta look up that. <laughs> but, um, I'll look it up. Let's see. We're talking about The Hangover. We're talking about Campuchin. Campuchin. And then we're gonna go back to the to the AMC triple feature monkey experiments. Is this a thing? I, Capuchin. Yep. C A P U C H I N. Monkeys were taught in an experiment to hand over pebbles in exchange for cucumber slices. They were happy with this deal. Then the researcher randomly offered one monkey in sight of the second one an even better deal. A grape for a pebble. And then, um, some, then what happened? Let's see. Now we gotta figure out what happened. Um, clarification through experiment. What's this? Social inequity aversion? I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. Social inequity aversion. Uh, so what happened when the grape won? The females were... Females were much li- less likely to complete a trade with the human experimenter when their corresponding partner received a food, a food item of higher value, such as a grape. Um... When that partner received the higher food item with no exchange of work of any kind, the likelihood of not completing a trade intensified. So, all these refusals of exchange include both passive and active rejections, ranging from refusing to take the awards to throwing the reward, respectively. I always always liked it when people say respectively, because I always, back in the day... 
like till recently, I would think that that meant like respect fully, you know, like with respect. Like only recently did I, did I figure out that respectively means like in order, like like those things in order. But that's kind of funny. <laughs> I, t- I just thought I meant like with respect, like. I thought people were being, like, very respectful, you know, just being very polite in their writing, like, trying to, like, saying, like, sir and ma'am, <laughs> but, no, that's not what it means, it means, like, they're doing those things, like, in that, in that order, that's what it means, in that order, but anywho, you probably knew that already, uh, these negative responses of situation made with the monkeys support the early evolutionary origin of inequity aversion and thus helps in combination with the definitions of inequity and aversion give an overall idea of what social inequity aversion is the tendency to reject or avoid situations in which there is social inequity inequality unfairness or injustice okay the tendency to reject or avoid situations okay that makes sense so that's what you learned there in that experiment. Back to the AMC triple feature. Um, wait, I'm trying. How can I wrap up that capuchin monkey, that brief, that brief interstitial into capuchin monkey experiment? I guess that's that's kind of interesting. It's interesting how the females were more likely to. It said they're more likely to reject the deal. Maybe. I bet the males are more likely to, like, throw it, you know, like, respond by, with anger, or with a physical throwing of it, and the females were probably just more likely to just reject it, um, so AMC triple feature, okay, the hangover, okay, what if there's gonna be a part four, I bet there will be, and I bet it's gonna be awful, hopefully it's gonna have, like, some big guest star in it, though, that's, that's the only hope for for it, the only hope. I was thinking Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I thought Mark Wahlberg was a. Uh, that'd be funny. Him in The Hangover. Like he could play one of the bad dudes, like one of the, like kind of like a Vegas gangster. Like I could, I could see that. Drive out, meet, meet in the middle of the desert. Flash your lights. <laughs> Just like when they when they picked up Doug. Oh. I love it when they mix up the Dugs. That's the funniest part of the whole movie. Mike Epps. Mike Epps is hilarious in that. Um, <laughs> Doug. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of the... What's the song they sing? We're the three best friends that ever had. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Because we're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever... <laughs> That's uh, Zach Galifianakis sings that. That's so funny. That's a classic movie. That first Hangover. But um, okay. I don't. I don't think I have anything to say about anything else to say about it. Other than maybe like if Quinn Tarantino directs the fourth Hangover, that'll change things up. <laughs> make, make it a little more interesting. Or some other crazy like maybe Jordan Peele can direct it. Just, make it like a psychological thriller or something. I still want to see us. I've heard I've heard lots of mixed reviews about us. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one. But I'll I'll just wait till it shows up on Netflix or something. 
But um, after the hangover, so yeah, I forgot to mention that, failed to mention that means Stephen, Stephen and I snuck into the hangover. So we failed to pay admission, but we, we would have been denied admission anyway, because we were not, we were only 16. And that was an R-rated movie. The hangover was R-rated, so we would have had to be a year older to buy that ticket. But nevertheless, we walked across the theater, tiptoed across the the hot coals, barefoot, in front of the concession stand. For some reason, they have a bunch of hot coals in front of the concession stand. <laughs> the people just tiptoe over, you know, jumped over the pit of alligators, snapping at our Achilles heels. The true Achilles heel to any movie theater experience is the pit of alligators. <laughs> and... And then uh, dove through the through the door of the movie theater, like Indiana Jones diving under that door and grabbing his hat. We did the same thing, but through a door into a movie theater as a, as we were sneaking in and not paying for it <laughs> and being being bad boys. But um, yeah, the Hangover. Well, that was the Hangover. But then we just. After that, we um, pole vaulted across the aisle. Because this, the movie theater for the next movie, Land of the Lost, the um, one starring Will Ferrell. We talked about it the first episode of The Star is Born. Make sure to listen. Make sure to give that one a listen if you haven't yet. Uh, Sean Roper said, former guest on, on uh, A Star is Born, said that the first one, the Will Ferrell episode, is his favorite episode that he's listened to. So that's a good little review of it from a person who knows, who knows about it. So, um, and also just from a listener aspect, just from that point of view, I think, I think it makes sense to start from the beginning. Like, that's what I like to do. If I'm ever, especially if you're binge listening to this right now, I wouldn't start, like, in the middle, if I'm going to binge listen, you know? But I think most people think of it the same way as I do. That You're going to just start episode one. Because it's kind of like a... It's like a journey. It's like a long... I was going to say like a marathon, but way longer than a marathon. Like an ultra, ultra, super, super ultra marathon, you know? Because <laughs> it just starts day one, and then it just continues. And it's ongoing... That's the exciting thing. That's what I love about podcasts. I love about just any kind of art that you that you make. Because you make it one day, and then its value actually increases. It's, it's like art, like the only thing that after it's made, its value increases. Because I think it, that's definitely true. Like, think about it. Like, all the old books that we read. Like, books from, like, the 1800s. In like the early 1900s, and like they're taught in school, and people read them in their in their curriculums, you know, and like people like revere these kinds of books. And I'm thinking like To Kill a Mockingbird and like all the Great Gatsby and uh, 1984, uh, Brave New World, Clockwork Orange, um, all these kinds of books, but. They they grow better with time though, like Huckleberry, um, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn. Wait, that's um, Mark Twain, 
isn't that I believe that's like really old I think that's 1800s but um so yeah we're still reading stuff like people still read Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn it's crazy (laughs) people read these books that are 150 years old but they only grow more valuable with time that's the most that's the weirdest part about it because I don't why is that why does art grow more valuable over time I think I think it's because it's a reflection of like society and like all the things have changed. It just shows like how much is how much has changed since Tom Sawyer was written back in like eighteen. I gotta check this now. I gotta get a good Tom Sawyer because I'm thinking like eighteen fifth Tom Sawyer, not the song by Rush. No, no. <laughs> what not the movie there's a movie 2014 tom sawyer and huckleberry finn um but no i'm looking for the book not why would why would the movie come up why would the book not come up that's (laughs) that should be the first thing that comes up is not the rush song not not the i guess it is called the adventures of tom sawyer um 1876 there we go 1876 so that's a long that book was published 143 years ago. It's coming up on its 150th anniversary. That's crazy, though. And, like, these things, they only... Because it just shows, like... It's a reflection of that time period as well. Because, t- like, things change. Uh, society grows and progresses. And, um... Yeah, then you, like, look back at, like, this book. And it's, like... It's like a slice of life, like... What it would have been like to live at that time in that society. It's kind of interesting. That might be one of the reasons why art improves like in value over time. It's because it's actually like a reflection of what like a lifestyle of like what time was like. I don't know. What society was like at that time. I got to stop saying I don't know. Because that, <laughs> that's never fun to listen to someone who's just like, I don't know. Be more sure of yourself. Like <laughs> It's fun to listen to people who are like, yes, I know this. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I feel like I don't know. Like most, I don't, I don't like looking at things like I know it for sure. Like I know these things as fact. Like I like to be pretty open-minded. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> See, I did it again. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm really spotting it. Just It's good to be like flexible and not be stuck to any idea though. That's for sure. But I'm still thinking about art improving over time it's just so interesting because like you buy like a, a car and it doesn't it depreciates it like the value splits in half right when you drive off the lot but you buy a house like the housing market could go down it's like with anything the price is probably going to go down after you buy it i, I don't know <laughs> see, see that was a different inflection in that one <laughs> but um it's weird that's, that's one of the things, because, like, present-day art, when it's just coming out right right away, it's hard to judge sometimes. Because sometimes, like, I won't like a movie. Or, like, with Napoleon Dynamite, the first time I saw it, I don't think I really... I don't know if I really liked it that much, just because I didn't understand it. Like, I didn't get what it was trying to do with, like, Napoleon Dynamite. You know how they... It's so, like, mumblecore and... It's just very, like, low-key and just... It's almost like a parody of 
it's like an infomercial. Like Napoleon Dynamite is just a, a movie. It's like an infomercial if it was a movie. Like that's how I would describe it. Like not that they're trying to sell anything, except for Uncle Rico trying to sell his Tupperware. So I guess I guess that's the infomercial part. But that's kind of like the pacing of it is what I mean. It's kind of paced like like an infomercial, like a show on the QVC network. <laughs> like how I know the QVC network? It's because uh, Grandma Grandma Sharon, my grandma, used to watch that. She used to watch it all the time over in uh, Great Falls, Montana. I used to visit Grandma and Grandpa. Why did I say used to? Like, I still visit them. I feel, I kind of want to visit them, visit Grandpa kind of soon, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens here next. Man, May 31st is sneaking up on me. It's May 31st is coming quick, you know? <laughs> that day's coming quick. It's the last day of my lease. Um, you know what I'm talking about. It's, I've talked about it a lot, so. <laughs> but if you don't listen, that's okay. If I mean, I would recommend going back and starting from the beginning and then meet me back here. Meet, meet me here at the Rock episode. But, yes, so let's wrap up the AMC Triple Feature. AMC Triple Feature. It's the AMC Triple Feature. Land of the Lost was the last one. Terrible movie. Terrible. I liked it even less than the first one that we went to, year one. Uh, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> did not enjoy Land of the Lost in the least. Or is that what you say, in the least? Does that mean you didn't enjoy it at all? But I didn't, I didn't like it. It wasn't good. I've never seen the TV show that it's based on. The old... Um, What's this? Adam Carolla talks about these guys too. Oh, Sid and Marty Croft. That's their name. Yeah. I always mention those guys. The yeah, the creators of that TV show. But yeah, that's like from the 70s. So Lane of Lost. It just didn't make any sense. It was really a, a nonsensical adventure movie. Like I usually like adventure movies too. Which is, that's the sad part about it is... That's a, one of my favorite kinds of genres of movie. I mean, along with uh, comedy, horror, heist, reunion, and boardwalk, <laughs> of course. Those are my other favorite genres of movies. But uh, I like adventure ones, too. And capers, like Sponge Cake, my first book. is It's like an adventure book. It's a caper. So, wow. You, oh, wow. That kid's sliding. Did you hear that chair? Did you hear that sound in the background right there? There's a kid sliding with an office chair. Like there's like a little medium, like a slight grade hill right here in the parking lot in front of my uh, window I'm looking at. (laughs) He was sliding down it in the office chair. Just kind of, that's kind of reckless right there. That that kid was, he's, he's wearing a WSU polo, crimson gray khakis <laughs> giving you guys a visual he's got a he's got a beard he's got a he's got a watch but now he's putting the oh here he goes putting the office chair in the back seat of his car watching him do it he's i don't think it's gonna fit oh this is like i'm a, <laughs> you guys like how i'm announcing this live he's putting up the the armrests 
He's folded up the armrest, and he's trying to figure out how to fit this chair into the back seat right now. But is he going to do it? It's, it's midway through. <laughs> this is so th- exciting. I wonder if this is exciting to listen to. He's trying to, he's trying to finagle it in there, and it's, it's almost all the way in. There's just I see one of the legs sticking out, and it's almost. It looks like he's almost got it, but oh no, no! But now he's pulling it back out. I don't think he's gonna get it. He looks upset. <laughs> now he's, yep, just as I, just as I suspected. Going around to the trunk. See, I cannot make this stuff up. This is exciting. This is <laughs> this guy trying to figure out how to put this office chair in this car, this rolling office chair. Now this is good pod. This is more exciting than the land of lost. I'm telling you. This what I'm describing right here. He just took out a clear container. He took a clear container out of the back of his trunk. <laughs> the back of his trunk. As opposed to the front of his trunk. But actually I came in what am I saying? I came and see what part of the trunk he pulled it from. But so the plastic container sitting on the ground. Now he's I can't really see him back there, but he's he looks like he's putting the chair into the trunk, or at least pulling something out. I don't really it's tough to see. I'm surprised it's taking him this long though. See oh there he goes. He picked up the chair. Oh it looks like he put it back in. Oh he's picking up the clear container off the ground. Putting it back in the trunk. This is exciting. I think he's got he's got it. He shut the trunk. Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> no. He shut the trunk and I just saw the chair sitting right there. <laughs> but the trunk was it was blocking the view of the chair. I thought he had put it I thought he had managed to put it in the trunk, but no, that was funny. Now now he's trying to I don't know if he's gonna be able to fit this in here. Seems like he should. <laughs> if I was like a real nice person, maybe I'd like go out there and help or something. But this is definitely like a one-person job. I don't think. I don't think having some clown like me just going out there and just offering help would do anything. But I think he just looked up and he looked up in the direction of my room. <laughs> I wonder if he's. <laughs> no, you obviously can't hear. But I feel I'm starting to feel bad for this dude. He's having. He's having a lot of difficulties getting this chair. Is he going to try front seat now? First he was trying back seat. Now he's trying front seat, passenger seat. All right, now at this point, I, we, can't even end, <laughs> we can't end till we uh, see the conclusion of what happens here. He's, he's trying to put it in the front seat. It's, uh, it's midway in there. Um... Yeah, so Land Lost was not a good movie at all. Um, yeah, and after that, I I don't remember what me and Steven did after. I don't remember how we got to the movie theater. Because I did not have my license at that point. I think I would get my license like a month later. But Steven probably has license. Because he's, he's a couple months older than me. It's a February birthday. But, um, wow, now I can't even see what this guy's doing. I think he put it in the other side. Because there was a kind of a tree blocking, kind of a tree block obscuring my view of his car here a little bit. I think he may have tried to put it in the other passenger side. I don't know. I, I'm confused now. Um, 
man, this has been a crazy episode. What a what a crazy episode of A Star is Born. I'm just going to let this guy off the hook. I, th- I think we're... I really want to find out if he's... He's. We know he's not going to give up. I can tell by the cut of this guy's jib that he's not like the type of person who's just going to like easily let some just roll the office chair, defeat him, trying to put it in the car. I think he actually... What he did is went over to the far side. <laughs> not the comic. Not the funny. I think he went to the far side of his car and then put it in. And now he's pulling it in from this side. So I think he just put it in. Oh, he's trying to put it in the center. Like in between the front and back of his car and right in the middle, I think is where he's putting it. Now he's just walking around his car and just working it from all angles, from all doors. <laughs> this guy's a real, real thinker. Like he, think, he thinks outside the box. This guy thinks outside the car, <laughs> outside the Camry. But, um, yeah, there's a Mini Cooper from Oregon parked right there. Reminding me of that Charlize Theron movie we talked about back in episode 13 of A Star is Born. The Italian Job. The One of the only movies that's ever been, like, sponsored by a car. Like, I wonder if Mini Cooper paid money to have... Like, the Italian job, like, made it an intention of theirs to to put a spotlight on that car. I mean, they made them look so cool, too. The way that... Wasn't Jason Statham in the Italian job? I think that's the first time I ever saw Jason Statham. If he... I believe he was. I think he... Oh, also Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg, episode... uh well, episode two, we talked about the Italian job. All right, he shut the back door on the close, on the near side. Man, I think this guy's almost figured it out. He's been working it for quite a while, just walking, walking around his car. I think he got it. He's, he's shut. I mean, he's still, I want to finalize before I, before I wrap this baby up. I want to finalize to make sure that Make sure that he's got his his office chair in his car, safe and secure. Um, he's got it. Sh- I, th- I think it's good though. I think he's got it right in there, right in the middle. I wonder how. Yeah, he's good. He's he's piecing out. He's done. oh, that, did you hear that? Did you hear that honk? That was that was that dude uh, locking his car right there. And there he goes walking up towards this way. Um, <laughs> well, I, I wanted to yell something out at him, but that'd freak him out for sure. He's <laughs> like, who is this crazy guy yelling at me from the apartment? He that would confuse him. That would uh, bamboozle, confusle, drampusle. Oh my gosh, stretching. I'm standing. I'm stretching. I wonder if I. I think I. My ideas, my my thoughts are flowing more when I stand and I'm and I'm talking. So I've been standing and talking for last, like last half hour or whatever. And um, yeah, I think it helps me like with my, with my flow of flow of thought, my my thought train, my idea caboose. Um, I kind of like it. Maybe I'll have to start standing and recording. But I do like sitting on my on my nice chair, my, my nice folding chair with my cougar blanket, 
my cougar fleece blanket draped over it. WSU Cougars, not Cougar the Animal. It's not made with cougar fur. <laughs> but, um, and then my fuzzy pillow also. I love the, fuzz, the fuzzy pillow. But that's, yeah, that's what I sit on when I record. What do you sit on? <laughs> Maybe you're walking. Maybe you're talking. No, that'd, that'd be weird if you wouldn't be talking while you're listening. But you would be walking. Um, all right, that's it. We, I, like, I like how long ago we sang, we sang closing time so long ago, but that's okay. It's still closing time. Now it's closing time. Um, big truck go by right there, right in the parking lot. Big Ford F-150 probably. Ford. All right. Here we go. This is the end. Thank you guys so much. Uh, as always, I love you. Have a great night. Have a great day. Peace out. And um, once again, I love you.